This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, all right, I want to turn our attention to an interesting uh, new study coming uh, out of the United States at uh, Penn State University specifically, uh, which deals with the complexity of obesity and how so-called fat shaming can actually make it worse for individuals who are struggling with obesity. That can backfire, actually. Uh, so I want to try to get a better understanding of uh, why that is. Uh, so we've reached out to uh, one of the uh, lead authors of the study. Rebecca Pearl is an assistant professor of psychology, also with Penn Center's, uh, rather Penn's Center for Weight and Eating Disorders. Dr. Pearl, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, let's talk a bit more then about what it is we mean when we say fat shaming and what you looked at in this study here. Sure. So uh, weight bias is this idea of this prejudice against people who have higher body weights, including folks with obesity. Uh, and what we looked at in this study was when that bias or prejudice becomes internalized by people who have obesity. So we call this weight bias internalization, which is essentially self-shaming because of their weight. Uh, and what we looked at were, was the relationship between this internalized weight bias and associations with poor health, uh, namely metabolic syndrome. Okay, so what's the connection then between uh, psychology, what's going on in the brain, and what's happening with the body as it pertains to, to obesity then? It's a good question, and it's definitely an area for more research. Um, so there are a couple of potential pathways by which this internalized uh, stigma could be affecting physical health. For one thing, when people feel stigmatized or are discriminated against or feel shamed, it's stressful. And so there is prior research showing that when people have these kinds of stigmatizing experiences, it can elicit a physiological effect on the body such that blood pressure goes up, cortisol is released. Um, so it can be physically stressful. Uh, another potential pathway is that when people experience negative emotions or experience stress, sometimes we cope with things in unhealthy ways. So it's possible that when people are being shamed, they're coping by eating comfort foods. Um, they're avoiding exercising because they don't want to be putting themselves in an environment or in a position to be judged or criticized by others. So they might be avoiding exercise as well. And so all of those different pathways can be contributing to this poor health. Because maybe there's, a, I mean, I think this is maybe the notion that the study was was debunking here or looking at anyway, was this, this notion that the, the stigma provides some motivation. It, it gives people motivation to, to address their obesity, which clearly it doesn't, but then maybe it misunderstands the causes uh, of that obesity as well. Yeah, no, it, it unfortunately is a, a very common myth that, you know, a little bit of stigma might be necessary to motivate people. Um, but we know that weight is not about motivation and obesity is, is not caused by lack of willpower, lack of motivation, that weight is a very complex thing. Um, and, you know, the shaming and criticizing it's not helping to motivate people, um, and in fact, it might be contributing to problems that are even exacerbating some of the problems that might already be existing. 
Well, but there, there seems to be a connection, though, that if, if because people are feeling ashamed of their weight, if that leads them to avoid exercise or even consume more calories, I mean, doesn't that imply, though, that, that exercise and caloric intake are indeed factors? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so caloric intake and exercise we know uh, can help people manage their weight. Um, what I would say is weight loss is not as simple as that. So, for example, in large-scale clinical weight loss trials, successful weight loss is considered to be 5 to 10% of a person's body weight. Um, so for folks who have much higher levels of obesity, 5 to 10% uh, weight loss will certainly improve their health, but that person is still going to appear to others to have excess weight. Um, and we know that biologically our bodies are set up in such a way that it's very difficult just through diet and exercise alone to lose more than 10% of the body weight and to keep it off in the long term. There are also, in addition to the biological factors that are at play, there are real environmental factors of access to grocery stores and healthy foods, um, the price of foods, uh, living in neighborhoods that it might be unsafe to be out and exercising. So absolutely, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, calories in, calories out, but it's very important to keep in mind the context that make those processes difficult. Right. Now, I suppose the takeaway here, I mean, there, there's maybe a takeaway for the general public, a takeaway for those struggling with, with weight or struggling with obesity, but in, in particular, I wanted to ask as well about uh, for, for doctors, those in, in the healthcare industry, how, how they need to communicate with, with patients who are struggling with this. Sure. Um, so it, it's important for doctors to play a role uh, in helping patients manage their weight, um, but to be sensitive to these issues. So knowing that many patients in healthcare settings have been criticized or may have felt judged in the past are worried about feeling judged or criticized by their providers. So doctors can be sensitive to this issue. Um, and if they notice patients beating themselves up about their weight or really getting down on themselves, they can help to validate patients' struggles, that it is really hard to change health habits um, and to educate patients about the complex factors that contribute to obesity, while at the same time helping patients uh, build a very concrete, specific plan of how they might want to improve their health behaviors. Uh, and does it give then, do you think, or, or at least help the general public have a better understanding then of, of just how complicated obesity is? Well, so genetics plays a large role. It's estimated about 40 to 70 percent of the variance in weight is attributable to genetics. Um, so, you know, that in and of itself is something that is outside of an individual's control. Um, and as I said before, the environment uh, plays a huge role, whether it be culture or family uh, habits that have become ingrained, um, whether it be the access issue, access to nutrition. Um, you know, people have been studying weight loss and obesity for many, many decades. And we don't, you know, as scientists, we don't have a cure for helping people lose, you know, a substantial proportion of weight. There have been advances such as bariatric surgery um, and different medications that are being developed and, and enhancing behavioral treatments. But as a scientific community, we have not been able to find an easy solution. Um, so it's unrealistic and unfair to expect each individual person to be able to easily change their weight. That's a great point. We'll believe it there. Dr. Pearl, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks again.
All right, there you go. Dr. Rebecca Pearl uh, is assistant professor of psychology at Penn State, also with the Center for Weight and Eating Disorders, the lead author on this study. So some interesting findings. We'll take a quick break here. We've got some other news to get to. 403-974-TALK is a number we can get to your calls and your texts as well. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.